Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. I am Spencer Hall, Editorial Director of SB Nation and founder of Every Day Should Be Saturday. This is a college football podcast. If you want to talk about something else, well, you can go to hell. Nothing, there's nothing else to talk about, especially after this past weekend where I got like half of what I wanted. And if I get half of what I want out of a college football weekend, I'm pretty happy. And most of that half was Alabama losing. So, yay, we're all tied to that. What you, what you think about that, Jason Kirk, our college football editor, joining us from beautiful Kennesaw, Georgia. Man, Alabama lost as hell. That was they, on the on the scale of lost and won, they lost. The dank, dank, dark loss. What you what you think about that loss, right, Ryan? Nanny? I, I think that's a win. A win for old. A win for old Miss. A, a win for Bama. I mean, do the math here. Bama's just setting Ole Miss up so that they have somewhere to fall from. You can't, you know, you can't push someone off the top of a building unless they get to the top of it first. I like that Bama's already got one of them quality losses. Yeah, oh yeah. The most quality loss. Show well, me a team with a more quality loss. Yeah, I mean, if it, what team has, has a better win than Ole Miss? So, therefore, who has a better loss than Bama? I think you put them one and two. How and remember, you... the, the, curse, the curse of all curses for a Nick Saban Alabama team is to win that SEC. I mean, if, if, if the playoff's going to be fair... Unless there are four undefeated teams, which there won't be, how are you going to keep the best loss out? And the it's best, a really good loss. It's a really good loss to like an old Miss team. It's a probably, champ. It's a championship loss. An old Miss team that's going to probably lose two more games. Oh man! At least down the road. Don't do this. That's probably because they had to play Bama. They're Come big, on, man. Be well, fair. Took took it out of them. Really? Remember, Bama got is, that jar started. You just opened it later. Let me get you the electrolyte argument, okay? Bama, when you play Bama, it sucks all the electrolytes out of your collective psychological mm-hmm. body, mm-hmm. right? And you, yeah, it's your endorphins, man. That's right. It just ruins it just ruins them little suckers sitting on top of your kidneys. Just drains them dry. Can't get up for a game. Can't do nothing. Look at old Miss last year. Your metachloride. What's the Star Wars thing? Your metachlorians just knocks uh-huh. your metachlorians all out of line. Ole Miss is on anaerobic mode for the rest of the season. Just going to be building up lactic acid. That's right. It's going to catch up, and that's how you get your ass beat by TCU in the Peach Bowl. Or Arkansas in the regular season. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Too far. Too far, Ryan. Yeah, too, too far. far. <laughs> <laughs> that's not happening. Um, this is my favorite time of year, which is following an Alabama <laughs> loss. Alabama loses. Mm-hmm. It is. It's really my favorite time of year because it's the group of people who can handle it least well because every other fan base has a coping mechanism something to lean back on like even ohio state a lowly and miserable group of people anyway right they got the cleveland browns they can always run into the arms of the browns one and one johnny football <laughs> johnny football one on one and one baby one and oh is a starter is he not uh yeah yeah of course see? he is that's our johnny <laughs> Of course he is. Better than the Eagles. That's an SEC quarterback right there. Huh? <laughs> Just pointing that out. But even then, Ohio State can lean back on the miserable, like, like even their misery isn't so low that they can't fall backwards onto the comfortable saving couch of we burned everything that you live in in 1865. That's, that they can always fall back on that, right? And do frequently 
do that. Yeah, that's a, that's a scoreboard. <laughs> that's a, that's it's a great scoreboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> William Sherman, it's right there. Which he was an LSU man. Which in, in inherently suggests that people who live in Ohio want to imply that they go back that far in Ohio. Which <laughs> if you if your family has stayed in Ohio for over 140 years, you lost. That was my favorite thing about them going to Blacksburg, looking at Blacksburg and saying, oh, what an uncivilized place Roanoke and Blacksburg are. Ooh, that's right. Let's go to Dublin, Ohio. The peak of civilization as we know it. Uh, All they do is take rocks out of mountains and send them to factories. Where are those factories? Oh, right. (laughs) Cleveland. That's, that's, That's your big argument, your big counter argument. No, no, no. Listen, you haven't been anywhere until you've been to Columbus or Cleveland. Listen, there's a James Joyce in Dublin, Ohio, but he is an illegal cage fighter. (laughs) And a great dude. Just a great dude. I'll fucking wreck you, Ulysses. Yeah, that's 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 my favorite thing about Ohio. Like, oh yeah, we've we've got culture. Sure. You have a laundromat that's also a tanning salon. You have Drew Carey. You have Drew Carey. You have does you have the who, boring prices right host. Yeah, who doesn't live there? Oh. Doesn't doesn't live there. Hasn't He doesn't live there? He's a fake Ohio. He's yeah. fake climbing Ohio. <laughs> Where is he from? He's a fake Ohioan. He's a, no, he's he's from Ohio. Oh, okay. he's, he he's, lives in he lives in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But he's still trying to <laughs> like like the refracted glory of Ohio. Yeah, he, still he, claiming it. He lives in Los Angeles, like if we're being honest, a lot of Ohio State fans. Yeah, that's true. There's a, there's a lot of Ohio State fans who don't live anywhere near Ohio. They're, yeah, Carmen, Ohio. Where do you live? I'm in Glendale. Yeah, 85 yards through the heart of the South. Where do you live? Uh, New Mexico. Oh, yeah, I live in New Mexico. It's really nice. It's my asthma is just non-existent here. <laughs> it's amazing. It's wonderful. I mean, I could have stayed in Ohio, like gone to, to go to the Washington. I'd like to point out this: this is a, uh, this is how far we've gotten talking about Alabama losing. <laughs> That's right. We're going to drive that home because actually, we're just going to stab in all directions here. Okay. okay? All right. Because remember, that's how the shutdown forecast works. We it's a three hundred and sixty degree knife fest. Okay. It's pinhead. It's yeah, we're, we're, the, we're really the Hellraisers. <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, Ohio State tried to lose. Yeah. Ohio State tried to get one of them bad losses, which tend to be pretty good for them. On the selection committee, y'all asked me to, Ryan asked me to justify my pick, and I'm like, how good is a team when you can try as hard as you can to lose and it just won't happen? In fairness, NIU was trying pretty hard not to win. Yeah, NIU was doing some weird punts and stuff. Yeah. Which you can't bring that shit into the Big Ten and expect it to work for you. I think you're not going to outpunt the Big Ten. I it's think, just not going to happen. I think NIU was doing that thing being like, oh, we could beat them, but we really need these future contracts. And I don't want to fuck up a good thing here. This would be bad for the whole region. Yeah. Mac's going to yell at us if, if, we, if we stop getting games because we start beating them. You know, Michigan already almost lost to Terry. We'll just we'll just take one for the team here. We'll go back to the culturally superior DeKalb, Illinois. Mm-hmm. You heels from Columbus, but that's that that's at least Ohio State has that to fall back on, which is the universally assumed respect and awe people hold for the cultural superiority of Ohio, which is in no way just Northern Kentucky. It's got an MLS team. 
get the come on the crew. It's got an MLS team named after a haircut you get when you're 12. <laughs> and they worship a coach who like basically endorsed war crimes. Yeah, an absolute lunatic who punched players. Frequently. It's got a pretty good zoo. That's they true. Do. That zoo is solid. That's you know they had two more zoos, but or they had another zoo in Ohio. <laughs> it didn't go so well. It was one of those so private well. ones. And they all got out. <laughs> go read that story. Uh-huh. Ohio is a culturally superior place. Smaller institution. That's all we call. It. So. But Alabama doesn't even have that fallback on because they just go home and they just get miserable and they just stew over, I think, some pretty justified things. For instance, um, did, you, did you see how many carries Derrick Henry had? This, this is something that you know people might cite. It's never enough. Uh, 27. Okay, so Ryan says 27. <laughs> I, like, I like this game, by the way. <laughs> Speaking of the price is right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can see. I can already see the mountain climber just tipping all the way over the mountain. He's he's about to James Franco that shit. Yeah. So you have it at twenty seven carries for Derek Henry. Um, what what do you have, Jason? Uh, you can put me down for fourteen. Fourteen. Oh now man, that, the the smart move there would have been one dollar. Just so we're clear. Well, he basically did just get one dollar <laughs> because it's it's less than twenty seven. So you are. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I wait wildly overbid. Yeah, and and it was it was uh, it was twenty three carries, which isn't so bad for. No, that's fine. Isn't that's so actually bad. pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean I think I that's, didn't realize it was anywhere near that many. I think that's reasonable. Um, I will counter this by saying, um, how many times did they end up passing the ball? It was like forty five, something like that. Mm-hmm. And 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 this is this is the number that I think probably puts Alabama fans. I think it's at least deepest, fifty deepest into the woods, <laughs> like. It, or it might have been like Coker threw at 45 and then the times as well before getting his chest caved in. You, Jason Kirk, are more right than you know because he did throw it 45 times. Ooh, yes, sir. Jacob Coker threw it 45 times and completed 21 passes. I didn't look that up. Cooper Batman. <laughs> uh, Copper Batman. Copper, ba- Copper Batman. <laughs> he's Copper like, Batman. He's, he's like the coolest he's, unlockable Lego City character. I is, hope he has a Batman voice with the name Cooper and with that haircut. He's Bruce Wayne after the financial crisis, and he still wants to be Batman, so he steals wiring to keep uh, his funding up. Copper Batman. <laughs> Copper <laughs> Batman wants to know where he can fence this. I think that's like that's like what the bad guy in 1930 calls Batman. You think you're so cool, you're so tough and special. You're just Copper Batman. Yeah, look here, Copper Batman. See here, Copper (laughs) Batman. (laughs) I did actually think when Cooper Bateman rolled out, I said, I don't need to watch someone named Cooper Bateman play QB for Alabama. You I did. don't. That's true. I've seen this. I've seen this for. I've seen this my entire life. I don't need to watch it again. It felt very Cooper Bateman, Alabama quarterback, feels very much like. Your your mom got you the knockoff thing that you wanted of the thing that you wanted. I, I think my favorite part about this was Saban said after the game we did it because we thought it'd be a surprise. It yeah, was. It was a surprise. It was. <laughs> <laughs> like you sent out the guy who's not as good as Jake Coker and can't run as well as Jake Coker. That's like can't your- run as well as Jake Coker. Jake Coker be a surprise. Jake Coker who looked like he was like. Moving the wrong way upstream through or downstream through a bunch of migrating salmon going upstream, right? Like, pardon me, just, just, just stepping through here. Sorry, 
He kind of moved like uh, an early King's Quest game where it's like <laughs> he can only sort of go like in the directions of your keyboard. Like press eight if you want him to go up and to the right. His winning style it sort, of, sort of calls to mind like really crowded Golden Corral and you're trying to get to the chocolate fountain. Mm-hmm. You're, you're navigating. You're, you're, you're placing your steps so carefully. That's what we're calling the Alabama defense or the Old Miss defense, the chocolate fountain. We can get through it. You just yep. kind of have to weave a little bit. You, you got to really want it and you got to be really careful. But yeah, uh, Cooper Bateman started. They ended up passing the ball 59 times. Yeah. 59 times to 42 rushing, which means Lankiff. that. Yeah, which which means that Alabama fans are are currently hate Lane Kiffin, and not. But by the way, they scored thirty seven points on a really good defense. <laughs> this is going to be the the tombstone of the Lane Kiffin era in Alabama. Is we scored and it didn't matter. Yeah, they scored that many points with two drives totally given up before they even started due to kickoff return fumbles. Correct, and also Old Miss managed to rack up forty three points through. Some accurate passing and some inaccurate passing. Hey, it, as long as it's caught, it's accurate. <laughs> they only had 92 yards rushing. It's, it's all about the result. <laughs> I mean, they look like an air raid team. That's- I, like, I like that Ole Miss is going to catch the, uh, the, the, the 2013 Auburn Blues for the whole season. Like the, ah, yeah, well, you, you, you guys know you probably shouldn't have won that game. Because, let's face it, they probably shouldn't have. But they did, which is great. But, uh. Yeah, this this would be a thing all year, mm-hmm. Ole Miss fans. Like, if they have another close win at any point, <laughs> you're you're just gonna have to put up with it. Just like accept it. Yeah, you you stole one from Bama. That's pretty great. I do want to uh, like formally thank. Uh, was it Denzel Kandichi who <laughs> knocked knocked Cooper Bateman out? of He was frame? the man whose face is still embedded in in, in <laughs> Cooper's heart. He's Kuato now. It was so bad because when that happened, the replay, it's like he's just standing there and you're like, head on a swivel. <laughs> and his arms are at his sides. I know. Like You're like, oh, no, no. There's he's just, just sort of walking out the clock on the play. Like, honestly, like if I'm on the field with two Kandichis, no, I, I'm going to crouch. I'm going yeah, to What you do crouch. is you go Mario 2 crouch. I am, like, I am not sinc- even Mario 1. I'm sincerely shocked, Spencer, that you did not give that the GTA 5 wasted treatment. Not yet. Okay. I, I know it'll be happen before this gets published. So I'm yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll work this up for the title art. But yeah, that's that's gonna happen. <laughs> which this this game also, by the way, pushed my my favorite narrative, which Jason Kirk so eloquently addressed in his Is Alabama's Dynasty Over post. Which you got good email on that. Did you Several, not? Yes, uh my my inbox is still kicking. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I put the best one in the comments, but yeah, it's it's still flowing. Yeah, because uh, the, the the evergreen narrative is that this is the this is the death knell of the Alabama dynasty as we know it. That this is just a continuation on the way to decrepitude. That Saban Saban Dunn lost it, or as a fine bomb caller put it in the show on Monday, uh, that you know they should just hand the keys to Kirby. He's earned it, I think, after holding uh, Ole Miss to forty plus points at home. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? That's the guy you want taking over. That's the guy you want taking over. Hey, listen, it should have only been 37. 36. Really, 36, right? That would have been a perfect number. I mean, really 29 cuz, you know, between that bounce pass and that pop, that that illegal man downfield. 
and the ten free points from the two turnovers. I mean, so it should have been it should have been sixteen. I, you know, and I think I think even, I, I think we blame all that on Kirby. <laughs> and I think we probably say that the momentum, the unfair momentum from the refs, gives uh, Ole Miss I don't know another ten points. So what are we? What are they down to six? A 37-6. That so 37-6. That's a Bama win. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, a that's, resounding home victory. That's it. Translated. They need to play games with handicaps like golf. <laughs> Ole, Miss gets, Ole Miss has a 30. A handicap of 30. <laughs> handicap 30 points. That Vandy handicap, that's like 70 points. <laughs> Vandy will you know, still lose, but. That makes a game competitive mm-hmm. for a minute. Mm-hmm. For a minute. You, uh, you know. You you joke about this, but South Carolina could really use a handicap. Right now. <laughs> they could use about twenty points. Like <laughs> they pop it on the board, Spurred would be like, "Okay, then, all right, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll take y- it." Y'all cool if I hit from the ladies? That's good. I'll be over here in the practice range. Steve, that's the the band. You're hitting golf balls into the band. That's a tap in, Steve. You ain't even on the green yet. The any other games, by the way, from for the past because that's my that's the game that I found most amusing, particularly after you know. Watching the Kandichis just terrify everybody on Alabama's offense into submission. What else caught you from this past weekend before we move forward? Would you reckon like, that was the onlyest? Would you like to talk about the other game in which the SEC an SEC school from the state of Alabama played? <laughs> uh, only briefly, because okay. there's really not much to say other than that Auburn is basically like uh, just a, a, a garbage scowl. Of a team right now, Jeremy Johnson benched now. For for whom? For Sean White. Sean White. And how does his experience level compare to, uh, <laughs> to Jeremy Johnson's? Uh, yeah, probably uh, from three days from three weeks ago. I'm, I'm guessing he probably did uh, two years of arena, uh, played in NFL Europe back in the day under Jim Tom Sula. Uh, maybe a backup year or two with the Dolphins. I'm guessing he's greatly experienced, and that's why they brought him in for his veteran leadership. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's the he's the the solution. That would be erroneous. <laughs> that would be the assumption that he was experienced would be deeply erroneous. <laughs> the only articles, if you went back before today, because now. <laughs> Look for Sean White. His name is all over the place. Has the guy who is replacing Jeremy Johnson. Um, prior to this, the only real content you can find about him is a story about him not having to sign any autographs at Auburn Media Day. There's also one about him being the second best quarterback at Auburn Spring Game behind Jeremy Johnson. Mm. Okay. The, sec- the second best. But hey. So he's may- humble and he keeps his nose clean with the NCAA. I think all this is fine. And he's not looking to show up his teammates. No, never. Nope. Mostly because he can't. But but still, it's my favorite phrase. Yeah, he's not looking to show anyone up. No, <laughs> oh, there's a reason for that. <laughs> I do hope I do hope Gus Malzahn has some sort of kickback deal with a Vegas uh, odds maker for whoever got uh, preseason Heisman bets in on Jeremy Johnson. I think he should get a little taste of that. That's all I'm saying. Just a cut. Just a cut. Most coaches, I would be appalled by that. But, you know, if you're the coach at Auburn, given your – possible overnight length job security why not get it while you can take it take a little bit there mm-hmm. just get your beak wet i don't mind al- alternative income streams neither does auburn yeah <laughs> i think we can move uh forward by the way to this week because we, we've 
we've buried that. Charging into week four. Great. Thank you for this. Uh, sorry about that. In case Ryan hasn't made this abundantly clear, week four is – well, what are words to describe the slate for week four? Assy. Mm. It's West Coasty. West Coasty. I, I, this is a time when you can familiarize yourself with some of the more colorful teams from our brethren uh, along the Ring of Fire, our Pac-12 brothers and sisters, because um, they're pretty much the only game going. And can I go ahead and just point to a game on the schedule that I want to watch and I hopefully will belly laugh like for an hour and a half watching? Mm-hmm. It is the last one of the night. Yeah, that would be nine, Spencer. That would be ten thirty p.m. Oh, God, USC at Arizona State. No good can come from this. What's wrong None? with you? None, because this could be USC's second straight loss. That's why this is funny. <sighs> Although, if Arizona State wins, you know who that bumps up. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. A&M. Never mind. I got. I, I. I got it crossed up. Never mind. That's cool. <laughs> No, I was thinking, oh, here comes Auburn charging back up the poles, but no, no just no, the Aggies no, will disregard them. No, no, it's just the yeah, exactly. Texas A and M is uh, their expiration date. Like I was trying to find the food that you could compare the Texas A and M hype to, because like I'll believe that Texas A and M is an absolutely solid team the minute they finish their final game of the season. Like I'll just be waiting for them to implode because this is the same team that lost fifty nine zero to Alabama last year. This is the same team that came out of the gate against South Carolina and absolutely annihilated them. This is the team that still, I think, in their blueprint, has some of the volatility of a Mike Sherman team somewhere deep in them. Someone's even that out a little bit, and I think they can. And and I think Chavis has probably established some stability on defense. But there's just one big ass skunk of a game sitting in there that they have somewhere. I think what you're describing is a banana because you know we're still in the green portion of the season where we're like, it's like good, good, good. Brown, this brown, 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 be really corpse. good. Yeah, where we're like, okay, we're just letting it get ripe. Okay, it's pretty much ripe. We could eat it right now, but it'll be better if we let it sit. Once wake it up, turns brown, that's when you can make banana bread with it. Though, wake, wake up the next day and it's covered in flies. Yeah, that or an avocado. Yeah. Avocado does that. Avocado goes from like awesome, perfect. There's like 10 minutes of perfect avocado. And then liquid, it's like liquid. And it's like plague avocado. I like the uh, I like the weather forecast for this USC Arizona State game. It's 730 at night, local time, or 830 at night, local time, 104 degrees. Oh, my God. Yeah. In so, late September. So this is which is perfect because remember last year, this game was in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it ended on a Hail Mary TD for Arizona State. Now, USC has to go back to the site of where Lane Kiffin was fired. His last stand. His last stand. Okay. They have to go to Tempe and play in 104 degrees after coming from Los Angeles, which if you've ever been to Los Angeles, 104 degrees does not describe the weather there. No. All right. But you say this. That said, when the team flies back from Arizona State, no matter what happens, when they get to LAX, some of those older players are going to look at each other and they're going to laugh. They're going to be like, hey, 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 you remember? That it was right there. <laughs> you, remember, you, remember, you remember when they fired our coach? You remember? Here. And they all kind of look at Sark. I can still see the debt bottle he left behind. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is blot. This is this is an extraordinarily dangerous game for USC. Like they might have two losses by the end of next week. Let's let can we like rewind 
because right now you've told us that the best thing you're looking forward to this weekend is the last game being played. Correct. Correct. That's how I feel as well. Jesus uh, Christ. I mean, please, in, in a different in a different kind of way. Please, and, hey, listen. Please you know come what? to our website. Do you, do you have do you have some do you have some stuff to do during the day? I mean, listen, we'll we'll get that traffic. Don't worry about it. Just you know, mow your yard. Just Sp- spend some time with your kids. Listen, what? Michigan's playing BYU. That's guaranteed to be hilarious. Let's just Ooh. let's we'll have the vine. Let's do this as a compromise. If if we can have the product team make some sort of program that users can install on their computers that resets their IP address, loads SB Nation, and then repeats that loop. I think mm. that's fair, right? And then it just automatically, you just press it, go, go about your day. No, no this is what we do. What we're going to do is we're the idiots who watch all this for you, okay? Oh, yeah. And we're just going to tell you how it all went. So come to our website. Don't tune in to CBS. Don't tune in to ESPN. Tune in to NBC. You can watch NBC. <laughs> you should really watch NBC. Notre Dame's playing UMass. You got to watch that game. Is, massive, is massive that, game. Yeah, is that on NBC? It's on NBC, 3.30 p.m. You can also stream it at NBC's. That's the other website you should visit. There there are cable cutters out there who are like, it's cool. I still get like the -the over-the-air channels. Those fools. And and they're one of the things they're going to watch. So to be clear, those people at 3.30 have a choice of – let me just make sure I get this completely right. Uh, I mean, to be honest, there's not really a better choice. Of the major – of the major – Non-cable networks. You can watch on ABC, Virginia Tech at East Carolina. No. Uh, you can watch Tennessee, Florida on CBS. Which, or- which I mean, I will – I forgot, Ryan. Are you back on the I'm actually going to watch a Florida game wagon? I watched a lot of the Kentucky game. You, you didn't watch all of it, though. No, I mean, I, I still feel bad subjecting other people in, in our office to Florida games. But I watched... Okay, I forgot. You're not sitting alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I Furtive, watched like a good half of it. Furtively stabbing yourself in the thigh no. with a uh, butter knife and then, just yeah, to feel something. Your NBC choice is UMass at Notre Dame. You also have Ohio State versus a Mac team. That's always hilarious. I mean, that never goes wrong. That's always a thriller. <laughs> <laughs> who is the who is the Mac team du it's jour? It's Western Michigan. Well, well, they're that's... even better than NIU. No, I was going to say they better watch their ass. <laughs> PJ, because PJ Fleck, they're is, terrifying. PJ Fleck is coming. He's going to try something stupid. He's like he's, gonna... he's, he's like Marky Mark in Fear. He's got Urban t- scratched into his belly. <laughs> he might. No, no, he might. He You're might. Joking. He might he might have done it with a paper clip in the locker room and also, pulled it up, right? Also, PJ Flick. His kids are real fired up about it too. PJ yeah. Flick will finger you on a roller coaster. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, there's a point in this podcast where somebody always derails the train directly into an orphanage, and that that's it. And I'm proud to be an idiot. <laughs> uh, we do it dumb, so you can do it smart. Uh, we also have a couple of other deplorable games, uh, which Georgia Tech at Duke. Woo. Yeah, that's that's going to be a good workout your anger spot. That's going to be a good go workout at the gym and maybe keep it on a TV somewhere close to you. Mm-hmm. LSU at Syracuse, which, by the way, my, my prediction for this is that Syracuse will keep this way closer than you expected. It's an LSU road game. Syracuse's defense is actually, I mean, they don't get too far out of place. They don't. They're pretty sound. And offensively, they can't do anything and are pitiable. So, like, 
Syracuse looks a lot like LSU, but with like a serious vitamin deficiency. So this could be like a 17-10 game at the end of the third quarter that LSU ends up winning yeah, like 24. Like, like, yeah, you'll just – exactly. It'll be like – like if if this game comes off like 34-20 or 34-10, yeah. it won't be – I mean LSU expended most of their psychological and physical energy last week. They are not going to get up for this. You they feel not- like any other top 10 team at a team of Syracuse's quality, if they win by like 10 points, you're like, oh, this could mean something. But if LSU does that, no, nothing means anything. No, I, mean, I think anybody like going up to this, going up to the Carrier Dome uh, and playing a team that's out of conference, they are not going to give a shit about this game. You you skipped over my favorite of the noon games. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> It's it's. Easy. I know someone. I know someone who's doing a feature on this. Oh my! Wait. Oh, oh I didn't. That's not even the game I was going to talk about. Kansas at Rutgers. No, that is not. I mean, we can get to that, but I'm talking about. No, you. no. Let's let's not get to that. Okay. Kansas is playing at Rutgers. Don't watch the end. Uh, I'm talking about UCF at South Carolina. Two desperate <laughs> old men fighting for their lives. <laughs> this is this is this is grumpy old men, and why grumpy old men is fiction because grumpy old men in real life is a really sad movie. Yeah. And you'll get to watch it at noon. And Margaret is not coming over. No. Man, oh, if no. George O'Leary beats Steve Spurrier, that's the saddest thing I can – like Steve Spurrier that's making O'Leary go to 0-4, that's funny. That's just great. That's mm-hmm. just good stuff. You think, no, you, think O'Leary, you think O'Leary will ask his players to carry him off the field if they beat South Carolina in <laughs> Columbia? I think he might go to his AD and ask for an extension. Yeah, he might ask him to get carried off the field if they lose. Like, hey, it's a long way to the locker room, boys. You lazy <laughs> sons of bitches carry my <laughs> ass off of the field. You don't deserve to let me walk off this field. <laughs> uh, let me tell you a couple of – I do have sleepers in here, okay? We're okay. not entirely without hope. We're not. There's things to watch. Great. There's always something to watch, okay? Um, I think that uh, that Maryland at West Virginia – Watch West Virginia. Yeah. West Virginia. Yeah. Watch West Virginia. Okay. okay. Watch so just the sort of blink a lot. Yeah. I mean, just keep an eye on it. Maryland. Watch West, Maryland West Virginia Mar- not ranked. Maryland is in a highly flammable state right now. <laughs> right? Just copy paste for the past seven years. It's a dream flambe. <laughs> Randy Edsel, the dream flambe. <laughs> the dream flamber. Every football but, team could be baked Alaska. They really are. Maryland has like two really talented football players and then a bunch of people who will just perform random actions during plays. I'm going to call it Bananas Fosterp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the second time, right? Completely <laughs> derailed the podcast. Yeah. Um, but West Virginia, honestly, like, might be a low-lying team of quality that nobody's paying attention to. Just lurking, quality defense, solid offense. They, if, you know, if they beat the hell out of Maryland here, and not that beating the hell out of Maryland's too indicative of overall, then quality. they're at least as good as Bowling Green, basically, which is pretty good. Bowling Green's like a really good one and two team. Yeah, I said it. Um. Another another like low lying sort of game of quality in here. Just keep an eye, just keep an eye on Oklahoma State at Texas, because I really need to watch Oklahoma State. I have no idea what their overall level is. They scored sixty nine against a crap opponent last week. I know that. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> they are they, they are squarely in that we're ranked because we've heard of you, and apparently yeah. you haven't lost. 
Like I don't I don't think anybody has watched Oklahoma State games so far this season. Nope. And I, the most, I have not seen a second of it. Ohio State getting Western Michigan to scare the shit out of them at home. Yet another Mac team. Uh which again, Western Michigan, probably the second scariest Mac team to come up in your house. Agreed? Yeah, I think behind, that feels right. Behind Toledo itself. Behind, yeah. behind Toledo. Well, Toledo doesn't come up in your house. They just burn it down while yeah, you're dude, inside. Just get out of your Toledo's house way. I, Cal, the other one that I think is uh, possibly deeply festive, if you want to watch, uh, is not Cal at Washington, because I actually think Cal's just kind of going to win that. Cal's just going to eat Washington. Cal's, yeah, Cal's going to eat Washington, because Washington are can't you, are, are you talking TCU, Texas Tech? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You want a, you want a good uh, old— That might be my game of the weekend. You want a good old-fashioned Big 12, a big old Perumpus. You want a big old hullabaloo. That, that to me, a fired, <laughs> an angry Gary Patterson. He's going to take out all that Baylor rage on Texas Tech. I think after UCLA, Arizona, it's this. Because not only is Gary Patterson perpetually angry, Cliff's angry, too. He showed last week, you know, uh, after what he said about Burt. After kicking Bert's ass, like he's got some fire to him as well. And if you recall, TCU put up eighty-two points on Texas Tech last year. That makes you feel a little, a, a little type of way when when TCU runs out of fireworks at home because they scored too many touchdowns on you. You you tend to remember things like that. Getting now they're it. they're traveling thousands of miles to Lubbock <laughs> with their their shaky number three ranking. Yeah, this, looking forward to this. Gus this, Johnson probably on the call. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, exactly. No specific references to anything football-related, just loud noises. And that's really Appropriate all Appropriate hollering. Yeah. Appropriate hollering at so, all points. And you so, can watch – by the way, you can watch two of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12. Go at it here, okay? Mahomes and Boykin. There in, is not a, lot of, not a long list of good quarterbacks in the Big 12 right now. So, <laughs> Wait, hey, I'm taking what I can get. That's this fine. Weekend, okay? That's fine. I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to watch – I'm going to watch Missouri-Kentucky at some point, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, boy, this looked a lot Jesus. better. This looked a lot better preseason. But in yet another stolen game taken by Jerry Jones, greedy liver-spotted hands placed in the Jerry Dome. That would be Arkansas versus Texas A&M. Arkansas, just – if, Ar- if Auburn is the garbage scow, then Arkansas is basically the submerged tanker that they made a reef out of. Yeah. Right? Like they're they're underwater. It's bad at this point. Versus Texas A and M. If you look at their schedule, like they're probably going to be favored like once the rest of the year, if that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, think they played like UT Martin or something like that. But they remind me three or four wins is well within range. They remind me very much of um, that particular portion of Watchmen where they're discussing why superheroes don't have capes. And they show the cape superhero who got caught in the revolving door, and the and the the criminals just shot him to pieces. That's kind of yeah, yeah. that's kind of Arkansas at this point. They looked all shiny and strong at the start of the season, and now they're just you know halfway into a bank full of holes. Yeah, and about to go up against a team with plenty of ammunition. So many guns. So, so many, guns. so like many, literally, guns. literally <laughs> guns. A fan base and a team with so many guns. They have a dog made of guns. <laughs> Although I did see Arkansas has a higher firearms ownership rate than Texas. Well, that's just because Texas doesn't keep it on the books. 
<laughs> I ain't telling. I ain't telling the government where come my on, guns are. Come on, you think you think I'm just gonna give Jade Helm a, a free start like that? You crazy? I mean, I think when you're the home of the world's biggest uh, grocery store that sells guns, you're gonna have a pretty high gun rate. Whereas Arkansas keeps the guns on the books because they wanna, you know, they wanna get the rewards program. They the want, you know, card. that yeah, that ninth gun is free after you buy eight. Can I speaking of guns and not being armed inversely, can I give you what Arkansas's red zone conversion rate is per college football stats it's not good. in the nation in terms of ranking? It is one hundred and twentieth. Now, to be clear, is that uh scoring percentage or touchdown percentage? Uh this is ranked by the number of times you score in the red zone field goal. <sighs> Or touchdowns total. It is normalized for both methods of scoring. There are teams, Stanford and Florida are ahead of Arkansas in terms of red zone. Stanford. Stanford. And Florida. Stanford who will punt from their own 19. I mean, Florida, Florida, yeah, I get the disparagement there, but we're talking about, you know, getting to the red zone in the first place. Stanford Stanford is Stanford is famous for just camping in the red zone. Stanford will punt on an extra point. Yeah, Virginia Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is thirty two points ahead of them. What what is their percentage right now? Virginia Tech? No, 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 no. Arkansas. Arkansas will score twenty eight point five percent of the time they get in the red My. zone. All right. I wanted yeah, to- as uh, as as Bill C wrote in the numerical today, uh Tech and Arkansas basically played the same game last week. Tech just happened to finish their drives. I, I wanna I wanna I want to show. I want you to do a little live experiment here, Spencer. Are you still on college football stats? Yes. I want you to go to the national uh, list of total punts, and I want you to tell me where Arkansas is on that list. And I know you know the answer to yeah, this already. Yeah, I do know the answer to this because it's super fucked up. It is extremely fucked up because if you sort for total number of punts on the year. Arkansas is next to last. Navy has punted three times. Arkansas has punted four. So, like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you no, know, they're 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 this year's Florida. They're yeah. breaking math. They're breaking math as we know it. Right? They already did in the Toledo loss. Like they that was that's really the death knell. When you start getting those losses, where the ESPN stats crew be, gets out there and is like, "Hey, you know." Uh, nobody's ever lost a game when they had 500 yards and only had one turnover. Like, I don't know how y'all did this, but shoot, you broke the Kobayashi Maru. Congratulations. Yeah, they, they're doing it. So congratulations, Arkansas. You are, you're, you're officially, you're statistically screwed. You're, you're statistically an extremely fucked up team. Congratulations. The other games of note, actual games, like I agree with Jason. I think, you know, Texas Tech TCU, that's that's probably your actual value game of the year. And I think that game's going to be lower scoring than maybe previous editions of this would be because, and I just say that because I think Texas Tech's defense is at least going to be improved enough to pull some turners up TCU. And TCU's been kind of sluggish. So fewer than 82 points. I'm going to make the bold prediction that TCU scores fewer than 82 points here. Okay. Boom! I wish we ha- I wish we had a sound effect to hit for that. Uh, I'll add I'll add one in post. Slap it on. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can find that under <laughs> one hundred points, you take it. <laughs> I'll, 
I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell you to not watch anything else in the SEC. Just actually don't watch anything in the SEC. Not because there won't be good teams playing. It's just those good teams, they won't be playing uh, other good teams. I, I, for bad reasons, I respectfully disagree. No, no argument here. I, I watch, want, watch Leonard Fournette, and, but otherwise ignore the SEC. I want to see this Missouri-Kentucky game. You're a fucking idiot. Here's why. <laughs> Here's why. This has the potential to be like a major fan narrative establishing game for the team that loses. Oh, because God damn it. You, you have to be the worst Netflix partner ever. Like if you're like, well, what do we watch tonight? No, nah, I just I just always want to watch Die Hard. Or I mean, Hunt, like or Mizzou, Hunt for I feel like they're like I did not mind Mizzou last week as a noon game. Like yeah. in that noon slate, Mizzou was perfect. They hit the spot. They were giving us like fumbled field goal snaps and just all kinds of really noon shit. They fit in perfectly. They were like but, bad, they were they were like a bad diner when you want a bad diner, right? Yeah, yeah I just want it, some it overcooked was, eggs ugh, and some like it was under- so much toast. Greasy. So much toast. <laughs> I just I just punch punch me with a fistful of carbs, Mizzou. But like seven thirty at night, no man. Here, that, that's let, when you're trying to get get fresh and go out. You're not ta- trying to. <laughs> let me talk. You're not now. trying to get loaded up with Mizzou. If Missouri loses this game, Missouri goes on full on panic mode because if they can't beat Kentucky, everybody starts to worry that they can't. They de- that they definitely won't the, be, win the East again. Uh, if Kentucky loses this game, then we might be approaching that weird. Stupid, stupid point in college football fandom when you have a coach who has done really good things and recruited well and improved the program's profile, and you start saying, "Well, he just can't win the ones that matter. He just can't. He just can't get it done on the field. We need a coach for Saturday and let him recruit during the weekdays." After all the talent, Stoops brought in. Yeah, we need. We need to get the 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 cupboard is full. We need to go get Kiffin in here. There has never been an oh. internet. There has never been an internet comment that started after all the talent that ended. I'm satisfied. Yeah, <laughs> he brought all this talent in here, and frankly, I think he's done a I great think, job. And I think he's developed it well. But and I think they are making lifelong friendships. But that talent. I am excited about your Lane Kiffin suggestion to Kentucky, and I think oh. that's more reason to watch this game. Oh my God. Is Missouri, by the way, is Gary Pinkle just like dark side Mark Richt? Like depressed Mark Richt? Like oh, Mark okay. Richt? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you depressed. Like, like, like Wario Mark Richt? Like, he, uh, yeah, War, he's, War he, he's, yeah, he's like Warricht. I think he's more like Mark Richt in a commercial for a sleep aid, but before he starts using the sleep aid. <laughs> He's just like on a hangover, uh, which has never happened. Probably. Do you, do you feel like you never have the energy to just beat UConn decisively? Like, like, Mark, like he's like Mark Richt in one of those commercials for something that makes a domestic task much more complex. Like, are you tired of cracking <laughs> eggs? Gary Pinkle's like, Whoa. he's just smashing eggs against his face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I just can't figure it out. I wish there was an easier way. <laughs> how how the hell has anybody ever cooked like, pasta? He's before Richt. I have another question. Is Hawaii lost? Because two weeks ago they played at Ohio State, and now they're at Wisconsin. Nah, they're man. working their way back. They're, they're getting close to that Delta Silver medallion status. <laughs> they better be. <laughs> it would be pretty nice if they just let them, like, sort of, uh, you know, take, cla- take, take digital classes, like, on their way from Columbus to Wisconsin. Why do they really have to fly to the middle of the fucking ocean and then go back? 
I think Hawaii Hawaii athletes should just play all road games and just take their classes at the home campus where they exactly. are. Exactly. Like, well, then they you're, you're racking up today. Big Ten diplomas. <laughs> exactly, man. Jesus, you can get you can get hired for an average starting salary of a billion dollars for that. <laughs> come, come, come play in Hawaii. You will have to spend some time in India. You took two weeks of classes in the Big Ten? This way, Senator. <laughs> 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 Fucking shit heels. That's why they play thirteen games so they can take extra credit. <laughs> to be exactly. clear, to be clear, it's state senator. Yeah, I'm let's saying, not that's go right. nuts. Yeah. Man, uh, state sure. senator in Hawaii—that sounds like the best job on earth. <laughs> <laughs> like a slightly corrupt Hawaiian government agent. Oh man, I'd, I'd sleep with one eye open. You're on an island, man. That's true. You if they want rid of you, you're you gone. Can't go, you can't go anywhere if you're in Trump. Slightly, slightly corrupt. Where are you going to go? Oh, I'm going to go to that other place on the island. Friend, friend, I'm going to go to the island like one mile away. Friendly corrupt. I've watched Dog the Bounty yeah. Hunter. There's nowhere to hide on the island. Um, and then the, the final game, we actually have a couple of interesting like interesting Pac-12. UCLA and Arizona is probably the marquee game in terms of national posture for the day, right? Like that's sure that that's the game. They both have numbers by their names. They, both they do. Are undefeated. Yeah, like like UCLA. Everyone thinks they're pretty good. Arizona is kind of the sixteenth. Uh, hmm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Is Scooby, sure. Is is Scooby Wright going to play? Maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. If Scooby Wright plays, then this might actually be something of interest. I think if he doesn't, then I kind of see UCLA just rolling over him. But this is UCLA, and this is the Pac-12, where. I think this is a conference that more than any other is characterized by the sudden, blinding, lopsided loss on the road. Oh, yeah. Which Arizona is very happy to dole out. And this is a true freshman quarterback making his first real road uh, road start. He, he, of course, started at UNLV, the, the harsh, hellish climate of uh, UNLV. But it, this is his first true real road game. In the shadow right. of Harrah's. In the shadow of Terrible's Casino and Hotel. <laughs> Oh yeah, we're we're, we're off strip. We're UNLV. We're five dollar blackjack. <laughs> God bless you, five dollar blackjack. You're lucky this game isn't played at Circus Circus anymore, son. <laughs> we're playing roulette with like a golf ball, <laughs> and all you win are onion rings. <laughs> That's delicious. There, stand there. Sounds like we're done. <laughs> it's perfect. Jesus Christ. Fine. Uh, everything is fine that's all this week deserves this was a crisp one we, yeah, and, we, and another one with no reader questions answered. i mean look at this oh shit well we could oh I mean, shit. We could, yeah we, let's, let's can you can in. you cut let's it when you come back on back your reader yeah, questions it's, i haven't stopped the recording so. <laughs> I, I, i'm gonna go back okay in. Just, don't even cut it don't even cut it okay. don't even cut it okay they can listen to all this <laughs> they've come this far i'm gonna i'm gonna cut all this out but no no this here is the uh this is the commentary the process this is the outro we're bringing them in the booth yeah future does Uh this he has like commentary tracks to the commentary track yeah yeah we we got to tack that on like 25 minutes of us talking about all our greatest hits yeah i have no like london bridge is falling down what's that called melody oh yeah i'm real good at that i assume that's my favorite thing future's done all year but when future does a track that's like the name of the track is exactly what the track is about, and he has a commentary explaining what the track is like. It's like <laughs> Percocet and stripper joint. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is about Percocets and strippers. So <laughs> he literally he's, of chorus, I, so I he's took the, Percocet with strippers. He's the Billy Joel of rap? <laughs> he's the Billy Joel of rap. 
really is. <laughs> wow. He really right. is. He's, he's like, yeah, man, this song's about activists. I, 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 <laughs> I assume we're only doing the one question, and I know which question it is. Yeah, no, we have we have three questions. I have one. Okay, okay. You have, do you have one? We're not going to shortchange these folks. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, which one are you doing? Oh, fine. This is all staying in the podcast anyway. Spencer, Spencer okay. let's I'll, pretend I'll, that we're still caring about what the listeners think. What is your reader question this week? <laughs> okay. Uh, my reader question is this. It's from Jay Rigdon 5, and his question is just throwing at this out there. How excited should we be for college game day in Bloomington for IUOSU? If you don't know, this is a campaign online to get game day to come to a place they have never been and indeed have never had a reason to go to, which would be Bloomington, Indiana. Because many teams have a loss. Many teams have two. Uh, There's even a team with three losses out there. But there is an undefeated team in Indiana. Okay, And then there is another. Indiana University is currently undefeated and stands a pretty dang good chance of going into the game against Ohio State undefeated, which would give them an excuse to actually go there. So we can give them a quick pros and cons uh, of game day. I think overall you should be excited. It's a very fun experience. Everybody gets up. They make silly signs. Uh, You get to see David Pollock sprint in dress shoes. Because for some reason he does that to the way to the bus. And you get to see Tom Rinaldi uh, probably resplendent in some sort of yellow suit with like a green pocket square. And you, get, you get to see the bear too. Get to see, hey, man, you get to see Chris Felica. So he's really the highlight of the entire experience. Explosive cabs. You get to make a sign you get in trouble for with your friends from whatever the Big Ten troll blog is. Thursday, Thursday out there. <laughs> Saturday at noon. <laughs> Struggling against a Mac team. Supposed to losing to a Mac team, which is totally an SEC West thing. After, but Afternoons on the alternate Big Ten channel. Yeah. You should end up being like moderately excited about this because it's, it's kind of a, a party. They have a DJ and you get to sit out there and yell a lot. It's very exciting. It's not as good, honestly. Like the most fun I've had. I've been a game day a number of different times. The most fun I've had was at Oregon, and that wasn't just because I was hanging out with the duck. It was because it was like five in the morning. And it's good, yeah. It's good when they go somewhere where only the weirdos are out. Yeah, well, at Oregon it was packed, but it was, was only it was only the weirdos. Exactly, only the weirdos. <laughs> yeah, it was only the weirdos and a bunch of people drinking like you know Red Bull and vodka at like six in the morning. And once you got over the shock of being up that early, it was quite entertaining. So. Overall, you'll, you'll enjoy it if this is something that Game Day actually does, which they might have their hand forced into doing this. They went to Vanderbilt. Shit. I mean, they've been to North Dakota State. They've been to D3 game. They've yeah. been to the Ivy League. Yeah, didn't, they go to, didn't they go to Williams? They went to Williams. Yeah. I mean, I mean, North Dakota State is better than Indiana. Don't don't sleep. Right, right. But. North Dakota State is better football team and more fans than Indiana does football wise. For didn't sure, they, didn't no they question. To, didn't they go to FAMU? Was uh, that I believe that was a while. They, they ago went. If it was. I believe they did an HBCU game. Yes, they, they did an HBCU game. I mean, too. they went to the Georgia Dome. There's not even a football team that plays there. As far as I know, go Falcons. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, for Indiana's unbeaten, that'd be fun. Lee Corso has history there. Sure, you just just bring Lee home. I mean, Lee Corso has lots of history, lots of places, but 
He does. Ladies. Ladies. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, but bringing Corso home, I thoroughly encourage you to go out and enjoy this fantastic experience and to also compliment Chris Felica on his explosive calf muscles. Uh, do you have a question, Jason, from a reader? I do, from, uh, from our friend Butt Pocket on Twitter. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey Butt Pocket. Fast Pro Shop Jones, a.k.a. Uh, you're casting a live-action King of the Hill film. Which CFB coaches do you cast? Ooh. Okay, so this is basically uh, which college football coaches are which King of the Hill characters. And I've gone ahead and broken this down for us. Uh, first, this is going to be a, a diversion from the, the assignment. It's um, Bill Dotrieve. He's Baylor because they both fucked Dan Richards, right? <laughs> I forgot that about Bill. Wow. Yeah, Bill, Bill had like these random successful romantic encounters, including one with the governor of Texas, who uh, just so happens to be Baylor's best friend. Sergeant Bill. Colonel, I think. He's something. Some, he's something. I okay. thought he was a sergeant barber. He, he, he was the uh, he was he was something like he was the only man who could cut Hank's hair square enough right, or something right. like that. That's right. He was the only man who could achieve the right angles that Hank liked in a hairstyle. So so speaking of Hank, uh, Hank is is so Mac Brown. It hurts um, like the most Texas man alive who is not actually from Texas. If you recall, uh, Hank is actually he was born in New York City, which is like a source of great shame for him. <laughs> True. Uh, they're both constantly flustered by modernity. They have they have great reputations. They, the people always say, "Oh, it's a solid man does the right thing," and they've both made good livings off of hot air. If you if you understand my meaning there, don't know. No, I'm with you. I, I got sell it. longhorns okay. and longhorn accessories. You, you, <laughs> you, you get it? Can you um, can you give us Dale Gribble? Dale, that. Okay, so there are two ways to take this one. Um, obviously, Dale Gribble, he's secretive, he's paranoid, conspiracy theorist, uh, uh, moves in the shadows, disguises and aliases. What this calls to mind is going to be Kyle Flood, head coach at Rutgers. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> of course, as, as Ryan broke down at EDSBS, is like the worst spy ever. Yep. But there's also an adultery subplot here. Mm. His wife is is constantly making him the cuckold uh, which, sure, that, that that's that's probably too specific, but in general, there's an adultery subplot, and also Dale's voice. That oh, I was gonna go. With, I'm gonna just go to go with the voice. If I'm, if you're going where I think you're going, that voice is pinpoint. It's Bobby Petrino. Mm, yeah, is Dale Gribble? Yeah. Based on the based on the the shadiness, the voice, and the adultery subplot. Those those three factors. Strong. Uh, uh, let's see. Boomhauer. That's Jimbo. They're 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 completely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the completely opposite in in stature, in appearance, in in hair, in everything. But the speech. I mean, the, the only people who can understand them are their best friends, which are Hank Hill and Bud Elliott. Um, and and they're actually really smart. Like like they they like they're sort of drawn to be to appear to not be very smart, but they're both kind of geniuses. I will. Uh, I I really. I'm just going to go one further. Cotton Hill. Did, did you cast Cotton? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we have an incredibly short man. He's incredibly angry all the oh, time. Oh, man. He's kind of old. He's constantly blaming his problems on people who live far away from him. He, uh, he, 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 he racked up numbers a long time ago that are probably inflated. So there, there's really only one option. This, this is Nick Saban. 
Let's see. Uh, who's Bobby in this situation? I got Gabo Swinney. <laughs> <laughs> He's always dancing. <laughs> That's my purse. He's uh he's like bafflingly successful at wooing people to join him. Like uh-huh. if you recall, Bobby has like multiple relationships with like middle school girls and like Dabo like at one point had Robert Kimdichi committed. Uh and also there's a nearby older man who's always disapproving of everything he does. Which is either Hank Hill or Steve Spurrier, of course. Uh, also considered Bronco Mendenhall in here because he might just kick you right in the balls. I don't know you. I don't know, I don't you. know you. Uh, let's see. For for uh, okay, here, here's my here's my personal favorite, Lou Ann. Okay, this is the uh, the the niece that comes to live with the Hills. So she went from community college to being a TV star. And uh, despite the drawl, she's actually, like, maybe the smartest character on the show. She's, like, a brilliant uh, uh, engineer, almost kind of uh, mechanic. And here's the key. She's so fucking lucky that at one point she is pregnant from fucking a character named Lucky. This is Hugh Freeze. (laughs) That's a really, really good call. All right. There's one really hard one that you have to fill out here and that would be peggy hill uh this was the hardest one because uh her character just sort of they just like threw everything at it right um i just put down gary patterson because he's got a wooden leg i could also i could also see gary patterson like speaking the most broken spanish in the world and like it being a needlessly creative chef who like (laughs) like makes up a dish and and gives it a name and it's just like no this is spaghetti bienvenidos a tcu and like he he famously has huge feet. I am going to suggest something here. Remember, Peggy is kind of a polymath, right? Or at least a proclaimed polymath. <laughs> okay, this that still works. Yeah. Okay, kind of a proclaimed polymath. Okay, kind of a person who um, Peggy's always kind of out there, right? She's not like Hank is actually sort of more connected with his character, right? Peggy. Peggy has this sort of like she's a little out there, right? Like her great moment is when she goes to get her shoes at the big lady shoe store that's like out in the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so kind of out there, kind of a, a self-proclaimed polymath, kind of a so, person. So spend some time in the middle of the desert too. Um, you know, in the nowhere, Texas. I'm thinking Peggy Hill and Mike Leach. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like it. No. Kind, kind of got there, the like, exact same hair, might I add? <laughs> that same bouffant yeah. poof up top. Kind of spent spent some time out in the front terrace, out in you know like Lubbock, square hipped, and Pullman, right? Yeah, you know, keeps things going. That's mm-hmm. that, that that to me, and, no matter what's happening. And also, kind of kind of easily duped. Can I can I, and and considers herself knowledgeable, clever, and very physically attractive. Although she has on occasion noted her self consciousness of her very large feet, and more often than not, Peggy's ego will preempt better judgment. This is pretty good. This is one of the best ones, actually. I'm just that's Mike Leach. Uh, we should also mention Hank's boss, Buck Strickland, who is known for <laughs> gambling and drinking. And constantly having to re-recruit Hank, who is like his own, his like his his entire his entire uh, his entire life livelihood depends on being able to recruit Hank in this case. Uh, and he hosts all his business meetings in his bathroom, 
Which to me, all this adds up to Barry Switzer. No, it's Switzer. Okay. Uh, can I throw one more in? Yeah. Uh, so uh, the Hill's neighbor, Khan, mm-hmm. uh, very self-important man, uh, eager to call everyone else stupid, even though his own success is sort of, uh, I guess, in question often. Uh, very thinks a lot of himself, even though his family members don't always. Very brash, oh, man. brash man. I think. Oh this, man. I think this is Mark Emmert. Oh, oh! So you took a left on there with Jason? Where yeah, he was going. Well, I have Bob Stoops, especially when you said family members. Okay, yeah, <laughs> because he he's a mean dick who's right, rich. Right. Uh, he's not from around here. <laughs> and he doesn't. And he's always and talking shit about rednecks. And if Hank Hill is Mac, he doesn't beat he doesn't beat Hank as much as he thinks he should or does. <laughs> right. <laughs> he thinks he's got one over on uh, on the dumb hillbilly, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was because because here we have this. If I was going to give you my variation on this, okay, which would be um, a guy with a son who actually like doesn't live with him anymore, right? <laughs> and is taken care of by somebody else, like a son, like a, a like in this case, a coaching via philosophical son, right? Um, kind of kind of you know regarded as like sexy in terms of his you know position, right? Uh, let's see. Probably in a band. He's probably been in a band a couple of times, right? Drives a Jeep Wrangler. Correct? Kind of, you know, like irresistible. Sort of massages his way to victory. Uh, generally regarded as, you know, like, like sort of this guy is like, man, I don't know what's up with him, but, you know, he seems cool. And that would be Kevin Sumlin as John Redcorn. Mm-hmm. I had either Cliff or Sumlin for him, actually. Well, his son is Cliff. Cliff is his son, right? Okay. So Cliff is Joseph. Yes, Cliff is Joseph. Who's got like the same kind of charisma, right? Right. But was actually, you know, like also like Wow, that lines up really well. Also like like raised under Mike Leach too, right? <laughs> <laughs> but 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 too close to Hank to uh to actually to actually use his full native healing powers on Mike Leach. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I can't heal you like I heal other women. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's Kevin Sumlin, man. Because like John Red, John Redcord and Kevin Sumlin both have that air of mystery, right? You're like, man, like Kevin Sumlin's probably one of those guys. He's like, yeah, you know, I climbed Mount Everest, and then he never talks about it again. It's like John Redcorn, the way they'd always draw him would be like, he's just standing there, and then the wind starts blowing his hair. Like, <laughs> that happens with someone, too. He doesn't even have, really, hair. He wears a visor, but just, like, the sun glints off his visor, and it's like, what? How'd that happen? It's at 9 o'clock at night. Yeah, exactly. That's probably, like, how Kevin Sumlin gets, like, you know, advantages in contract negotiations. He just goes and stands by the window, and they're like, dude, that guy looks real chill. Let's give him some more money. <laughs> Would you like some more money? Exactly. Because, you know, it's Texas. Everybody else is like, ah, fuck you, bastard. Yeah, I'll take your ass out and beat you. And someone's like, I'm going to get a bottle of water over here. And they're like, look at that dude. He's so chill. Let's just Did give him some the money. way he said that? Let's just give him some money. 